Section 32 of A Book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mrs. Opie, Section 10. At sight of thee, O tricolor, I seem to feel youth's hours return, the loved, the lost. So writes Mrs. Opie at the age of sixty, reviving, delighting as she catches sight of her beloved Paris once more, and breathes its clear and life-giving air and looks out across its gardens and glittering gables and spires and again meets her french acquaintances and throws herself into their arms and into their interests with all her old warmth and excitability the little grey bonnet only gives certain incongruous piquancy to her pleasant kind-hearted exuberance she returns to england but far-away echoes reach her soon of changes and revolutions concerning all the people for whom her regard is so warm in august eighteen thirty came the news of a new revolution the chamber of deputies dissolved for ever the liberty of the press abolished kings ministers courts and ambassadors flying from paris to vincennes cannon planted against the city five thousand people killed and the rue de rivoli running with blood no wonder such rumours stirred and overwhelmed the staunch but excitable lady you will readily believe how anxious interested and excited i feel she says and then she goes on to speak of lafayette miraculously preserved through two revolutions and in chains and in a dungeon now the leading mind in another conflict and lifting not only an armed but a restraining hand in a third revolution her heart was with her french friends and intimates and though she kept silence she was not the less determined to follow its leading and without announcing her intention she started off from norwich and after travelling without intermission once more arrived in her beloved city but what was become of the revolution paris seemed as bright and peaceful as i had seen it thirteen months ago the people the busy people passing to and fro and soldiers omnibuses cabriolets citadines carts horsemen hurrying along the rue de rivoli while foot-passengers were crossing the gardens or loungers were sitting on its benches to enjoy the beauty of the may november she describes two men crossing the place royale singing a national song the result of the revolution pour briser l'ord mas profonde qui conduit nos drapeaux sanglants c'est la liberté des deux mondes c'est lafayette en cheveux blancs mrs opie was full of enthusiasm for noble lafayette surveying his court of turbulent intrigue and shifting politics for cuvier in his own realm among more tranquil laws less mutable decrees she should have been born a frenchwoman to play a real and brilliant part among all these scenes and people instead of only looking on something stirred in her veins too eager and bubbling for an englishwoman's scant share of life and outward events no wonder that her friends at norwich were anxious and urged her to return they heard of her living in the midst of excitement of admiration and with persons of a different religion and way of thinking to themselves their warning admonitions carried their weight that little quaker bonnet which she took so much care of was a talisman drawing the most friendly of friends away from the place of her adoption but she came back unchanged to her home to her quiet associations 
she had lost none of her spirits none of her cheerful interest in her natural surroundings as life burnt on her kind soul seemed to shine more and more brightly everyone came to see her to be cheered and warmed by her genial spirit she loved flowers of which her room was full she had a sort of passion for prisms says her biographer she had several set in a frame and mounted like a screen and the colour flew about the little room she kept up a great correspondence she was never tired of writing though the letters on other people's business were apt to prove a serious burden at times but she lives on only to be of use take care of indulging in little selfishnesses she writes in her diary learn to consider others in trifles the mind so disciplined will find it easier to fulfil the greater duties and the character will not exhibit that trying inconsistency which one sees in great and often in pious persons her health fails but not her courage she goes up to london for the last time to her cousin's house she is interested in all the people she meets in their wants and necessities in the events of the time she returns home contented with all with the house which she feels so desirable to die in with her windows through which she can view the woods and rising ground of thorpe my prisms to-day are quite in their glory she writes the atmosphere must be very clear for the radiance is brighter than ever i saw it before and then she wonders whether the mansions in heaven will be draped in such brightness and so to the last the gentle bright rainbow lady remained surrounded by kind and smiling faces by pictures by flowers and with the light of her favourite prismatic colours shining round about the couch on which she lay End of section thirty two